0: Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How is everyone doing? How was your week? How are you feeling? I hope you all are doing as well as possible and that you're all blessed. If you are ever in need of prayers, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. There's information at the end of the show that tells you how to contact me. I love to pray, and everyone that listens to the show loves to pray, and we would love to pray for you. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. It is my deepest Hope and prayer that you find everything you're looking for in a podcast here and more. And if you're returning, infinite thanks and blessings for your support and your love and for continuing to keep coming back. So who's excited about this week's show? Show of hands? There's not many. (laughs) It's probably because you all don't know who I'm going to be talking about. So if you're listening and you clicked on this and you want to find out who St. Hildegard of Bingen was and is, thank you so very much. And I guarantee and promise it will not be disappointing in the least. So lately, I shouldn't say lately, it's been if you go back to season one, you'll see a lot of work. We talk a lot. Without using the label, we talk a lot about saints um, and people who are mystics. And I've explained this here and there, especially through this season, season two, um, about what a mystic is and that, you know, they're not uh, hocus pocus, you know, the first thing that pops into your mind like uh, Mickey Mouse and Fantasia. They're not like that or like Merlin or something of that nature, even though Merlin's considered to be a mystic. these people are people who are directly which we all are directly connected to the divine but they realize that connection and they are able to awaken to that connection and be with that connection where god flows or the divine whatever you want to call that which has no label can't be labeled or put in a box To where the divine flows through them and they flow through the divine. Where you can't tell where one begins and the other ends. It's kind of like a a potpourri, uh, you could say, uh, a mix of the two. And it is so amazing. It's so beautiful. And the teachings and things these mystics give us is just completely mind-blowing. I mean... If you really study what they teach and what they share, you too can awaken to that divine in you. You can tap into that divine in you. And it's you know I, I firmly believe it's our goal uh, in this human life to to do that. That's why we're here. You know this life is a schoolroom of which uh, a schoolroom of hard knocks. Uh, where we are to learn and grow and evolve, and you know the final goal, if you could even call it final it's really there's no finality to it because it's infinite, the divine is infinite the the goal is to uh, realize awaken, and tap into that uh, divine in you and today we're going to talk about a Roman Catholic saint uh, Saint Hildegard, who was able to do that and this was back in the medieval times, so for her just to be recognized by a predominantly male uh, faith is tells you how amazing she is and how st- uh, powerful and strong of a being that she was, and that connection that she had with the divine, that it overpowered a male-dominated faith that they would recognize her. I mean, how could they not? After I share what I'm going to share with you, you're going to be saying the same thing. How could they not recognize? But I I can guarantee you there are so many amazing women in faith, not just in the Roman Catholic faith. I'm not picking on them, but in all faiths who have fallen by the wayside and you know, Mary Magdalene's one of them who we're going to be talking about in future shows who have fallen by the wayside or has had their life and history recreated by men to turn it into something it is not i know i know so our longtime listeners are already saying oh my gosh he, he's already fired up and that is that that is a hot button topic for me is women and faith that i feel personally that they have been messed over since time and memorial you know since the beginning of time women have always been pushed back pushed away blocked out of faith and they are some of the most amazing beings and again personally if you ask me I firmly believe that again no offense to the guys that women are more easily able to connect with that divine than men men have a lot more uh, primal hang-ups hangups uh, in their heart and in their mind because they're mostly in their head and not in their heart whereas women are a lot of times more in their heart than in their head and that's where it is that's where the divine is as we've talked about in previous shows like especially the prayer episode a few shows back um, that is where the divine is that's where that that is, that energy, that essence. So this show, I'm going to break it down into two parts. Not two parts as in a two-part show, but as in two parts in one show. Uh, The first part, we're going to do a history lesson, a brief history lesson on who St. Hildegard is and her background. And then in the second half, we're going to get into some of her philosophy, some of her teachings, and some of the things she was able to discover and share with all of us that I didn't know and have never heard of, and I don't know if you all have or not, so we'll see as we go. So if you already haven't, please get yourself a beverage, a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee, preferably decaf so you don't get as hyper as me. (laughs) And I'm on decaf anyway. And find a nice, comfortable place to sit or lay down. You can put your headphones on and just enjoy the show. Okay, so St. Hildegard of Bingen was born in 1098. Now, they don't have an actual date listed, which is strange. But I guess back in 1098, record-keeping was not one of their forte's. And she passed away on... Or went to sleep, as they say, uh, on September seventeenth of eleven seventy nine. She was the age of eighty one. She's also known as Saint Hildegard, and, excuse me, Saint Hildegard and the Sibyl of the Rhine. She was a German Benedictine abbess and polymath. There's that word polymath again. And for those of you who weren't listening to previous show where that word was mentioned, it means a person of wide ranging knowledge of learning. Okay, um, she was an active as she was active as a writer. She was a composer, a philosopher, a mystic, a visionary, and as a medical writer and practitioner during the High Middle Ages. So wow, I mean, just in that. <laughs> Very brief explanation. Man, was she ever something, or I should say is, because her energy continues on. That is just mind-blowing, especially when you take in consideration it was during the high Middle Ages or the Middle Ages. Insane for a, a woman to be that. And she was that and so much more. So Hildegard was born of noble parents and was educated at the Benedictine Cloister of Dis Badenberg by Jutta sorry my german's not very good <laughs> an anchorite which means religious recluse and sister of the count of spanheim hildegard was 15 years old when she began wearing the benedictine habit and pursuing a religious life she succeeded jutta as prioress in 1136 having experienced visions since she was a child. At age 43, she consulted her confessor, who in turn reported the matter to the Archbishop of Mainz. A committee of theologians subsequently confirmed the authenticity of Hildegard's visions, and a monk was appointed to help her record them in writing. The finished work, CIVIAS, which is written S-C-I-V-I-A-S, was written between 1141 and 1152, consists of 26 visions that are prophetic and apocalyptic in form and in their treatment of such topics as the church, the relationship between God and humanity, and redemption. About 1147, Hildegard left Disaboddeburg, with several nuns to found a new convent at Rupertsburg, where she continued to exercise the gift of prophecy and to record her visions in writing. Again, we have to keep in mind the time. This was during, a, which it still is, unfortunately, a male, very male, predominant society, that this amazing woman was able to achieve all these things in that Men even scrupulized and analyzed her, and acknowledged that her visions were legit. Um, unlike what we saw with poor Saint Bernadette, who went through all of the turmoil and constant, constant questions and, and, and interrogations, and it was just torture for that poor, that poor being. Um, this is different for Hildegard. I mean, yes, I'm sure she was grilled and and you know, interviewed and tar- interrogated, but they, they acknowledged quite quickly that this being knows what she's talking about. She was also a talented poet and composer. Hildegard collected 77 of her lyric poems, each with a musical setting composed by her in the Symphonia Armani Celestium Revelationum her numerous other writings included lives of saints, two treatises on medicine and natural history, reflecting a quality of scientific observation rare at that period, and extensive correspondence in which are to be found further prophecies and allegorical treaties. She also for amusement <laughs> when does she have time for amusement contrived her own language she wrote her own language oh my gosh she why not <laughs> you know why not she traveled widely throughout germany evangelizing to large groups of people about her visions and religious insights okay so quickly i've got a a which I believe is a really neat ex- example or something to, or comparison to share with all of you for educational purposes. So those playing the game at home, here we go. Okay, so we'll just take um, St. Hildegard uh, when she became a prior. So that means when she was became the head of the convent in 1136, all right? Okay, so you have 1136. Now, we have all of these things that she did. She had these visions uh, of of, you know, not just things that were going on, but things that were to come. She had prophecies, okay? She saw things, she felt things, she wrote things. Um, She was a doctor. She healed people, okay? Now, fast forward to February 1692, Salem, Massachusetts. How were women who professed, and most of whom did not profess but were accused of, Doing the exact same thing. What happened to them? February of 1692 was the beginning of the Salem witch trials. So 556 years after 1136, that makes 1692. We were in the United States. Not only persecuting, but torturing and killing women. Who professed or most of which didn't profess were accused of being what we called a witch or what I should say the puritans called a witch not not us we're not we're not responsible for that or at least I hope those of you out there have listened to the show enough to where you have an open mind now about people of the craft and and of what is derogatorily categorized as paganism I mean look at what Hildegard did I mean there there's nothing different absolutely nothing different and that was 556 years before the sale the first sale in which trials began that's to me is just mind-blowing and I, I just wanted to point that out of how we have to be so very careful that we can quickly and I think we can all agree that we're seeing this in society now we can quickly regress where we can go backwards in history backwards in time to far beyond what we are educated and should be awakened to Okay, so back to St. Hildegard. I just wanted to point that, again, just for educational purposes. Uh, Her earliest biographer proclaimed her a saint and miracles were reported during her life and at her tomb. However, here we go. She was not formally canonized until when, folks? 2012. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Pope Benedict declared her to be a saint through the process of equivalent canonization, a papal proclamization of the canonization based on a standing tradition of the popular veneration. Say that nine times fast. Later that year, Benedict proclaimed Hildegard a doctor of the church, and I'll explain what that is here in a moment. One of only four women to have been so named. So there's only four women imagine that, who are considered to be doctors of the Roman Catholic Church. And I'll explain a little bit more on that here in a second. She is considered a patron saint of musicians and writers. As one of the few prominent women in medieval church history, Hildegard became the subject of increasing interest in the later half of the 20th century. Her writings were widely translated into English. Several recordings of her music were made available. And works of fiction, including Barbara Lockman's The Journal of Hildegard Bingham, 1993, and Joanne Anna Nissen's Scarlet Music, A Life of Hildegard of Bingen* in 1997, were published. So back to a doctor of the church. A doctor of the church is in the Roman Catholic faith. And there are 36 saints who have been doctrinalized or doctrinalized. There we go. <laughs> Who have a doctrine who are the doctors of the church and they have writings have a special authority according to the church those 36 saints have special authority their writings do the writings and teachings of the various doctors of the church are of particular importance to the Roman Catholic theology and their works are considered to be quote true and timeless in quote. So there's no. Disputing according to the Roman Catholic Church, anything in these doctors of the Church's writings, it's considered to be truth. So there, the four, four, uh, doctors of the Church that are female are our beloved Saint Therese of Lisieux, Saint Teresa of Avila, or Avila, Saint Catherine of Siena. And, of course, St. Hildegard of Bingen. Okay, so that was the history of so us. now we get into some really neat stuff. There is an amazing article by Namita Renu. And Namita Renu is a member of the Order of Consecrated Virgins in Bombay. She has studied the pastoral care of liminal migrants and refugees and has a doctorate in theology on spiritual guidance and integral formation based on something called viriditis. And that's translated to greenness in spirituality. So, greenness or veriditus in spirituality. And now I'm going to explain here in just a moment quite a bit about what viriditis is. And this is all specialized by Saint Hildegard, founded by Saint Hildegard, shared by Saint Hildegard. Um, um, Namita Renu has published articles on consecrated life in various newsletters and theological journals. And of course, I'll have a link to this article as well as I always do in the show notes. So if you want to find out more about Namita, I highly encourage you cuz she sounds like an amazing mystic herself. So Namita writes, "Saint Hildegard of Bingen was a German mystic visionary prophetess Benedictine abbess and consecrated virgin in the 12th century, recognized, recognizing her holiness of life as well as originality of works. Pope Benedict proclaimed her a doctor of the church on October 7th, 2012. Surrounded by damp green forest in the Rhineland, this amazing woman was inspired to see God's living power of light, also known as Veriditus, in all creation, and she named it which is Latin. When I was doing, that's Namita saying, when I was doing doctoral research on spiritual guidance in the formation according to her mystical theology of Veritidus, I could see the influence of this medieval theme on spiritual masters like Saints Francis of Assisi, Ignatius of Loyola, Francis of De Sales, John of the Cross, and others in Europe who came after her. That's why it struck me that her spirituality could enhance discernment methods currently in use by vocation directors and spiritual guides in religious institutes, even though they have diverse charisms and spiritual backgrounds. So she's saying this veriditus, which is living power of light, can not only help those in the Roman Catholic faith, but it transcends all faith; It applies to all faiths or no faith. It it applies to every living being. Namita continues by saying, the prophetess was a well-known physician who was seen as a progressive and much ahead of her times. The rule of St. Benedict and the consecration of virgins profoundly impacted her spirituality. Bishops, priests, nuns, monks, and political leaders didn't hesitate to seek her guidance on matters of concern. Wow. I mean, again, look at the time. This is unheard of. This is unprecedented for and probably it didn't happen again for so long after her that people would go to her. All of these people from all walks of life would go to this amazing woman for guidance, for consultation, for help. She has left us several volumes of wisdom and insight into numerous topics like health care, liturgical music, drama on virtues, and gospel homilies. What was extraordinary about her theological compositions and spirituality of the Veritatis to make them relevant for all time. So she made sure that this Veritatis, this living power of light, was a teaching, a way that transcended all time and space. So it's as as relevant today as it was back then, if not more so now, and enabling her as an abbess to be astonishingly creative in her consecrated life and mission. How did she relate it to her ministry? How could it aid discernment in the vocation ministry today? St. Hildegard was a deep and non-dualist and her perceptions, which this is pretty mind blowing for a Roman Catholic, especially at that time, uh, to be non-dual. I mean, because if you look at the faith, not just Roman Catholics, but most faiths, they're dualistic. There's good, there's bad, there's evil, there's you know this, there's heaven, there's hell, there's there's so many opposites. But she was very non-dual. Again, something just completely mind blowing. She had an andro-cosmic ecology of life, implying dialogue between God, humanity, and the cosmos. Like software shaping her vision, the motif of Veriditus developed into a robust spirituality and infused her monastic aura et labora, which means prayer and work, with vibrancy through and through. The concept was drawn from her meditations on scripture and writings of the fathers of the church very difficult to translate into english it could have several nuances such as greenness healing power vitality progressive thrust fruitfulness and celibate or fruitfulness of celibate chastity evolution new creation freshness and desire for more in god's service the mystic seems to have penetrated the depths of veriditus, according to her familiarity with the four senses of scripture, literal, allegorical, moral, and mystical. Even if taken literally, veriditus can neither be reduced to greenness of ecology, nor is it a medieval term for chlorophyll. Instead, it's the feminine aspect of God as creator, denoting freshness fertility and growth in spiritual life. Moreover, St. Hildegard describes this greenness as growth in monastic life, making it an exegesis, exegesis, (laughs) e x e g e s i x there, of the gospel. Let me share newer insights developed from my meditations of this word in scripture to make it relevant for the present-day American context. So those of you who are listening, they're having a hard time wrapping your mind around what Veriditas is, you know, that living power of light, you could translate it or understand it to be more of God's divine energy or the divine's energy, the divine's presence, whatever you label that which is that which is all that can't be labeled or put into a box, Uh, as I say so many times throughout the shows. So just look at it that way. Anytime they use the word veriditus, that is the the energy, the life, the light, the creative energy of the divine. Veriditus is the connecting sap between the macrocosmic power of God and the microcosm of humanity. Evidence of the reign of God and the kingdom, not kingdom, kingdom in our lives. It brings healing and renewal, not only in plants, but also in human beings. When the creation and flow of ariditus is blocked, the consecrated person is like a tree without sap that becomes barren and arid. In the biblical book of Genesis, humans are the first creation of God's green finger. Our greening life energy comes from the very breath of God. That's in Genesis 2, 4 through 7. However, after disruption of the divine human relationship caused by the fall, we'll talk about that down the line as well, as well as you can check out uh, a podcast I did with Father Mike on his show about that. I'll have a link in the description if it's been uploaded. If not, as soon as Father Mike uploads it, I'll let you all know. So at this point, humanity enters a state of ariditus. It's later re. Created in Christ through the veriditas of the Savior's blood on the cross and the greening power of the Holy Spirit in baptism. So, those of you who aren't Roman Catholic, I'll just say here that this is very uh, similar to the Eastern philosophies and examples of kundalini energy, auras, working with energies in your body, um, um, and unblocking that things in life stress, illness, those things can, and well, even the Asians refer to it as chi, that divine energy in you that is your life force, aka life force, uh, can be blocked or hindered. So um, Eastern philosophies and faiths believe that if you become sick, it's because one of your energy channels, uh, your divine energy channels is blocked or it's weak or something like that. And you just need to, Uh, correct that Um, Asian medicine is really good that Um, of course Eastern medicine is very good as well Um, the Hindus believe in it the Buddhists believe in it Um, so many different uh, faiths and and traditions believe in it I mean Native Americans believe in it big-time believe in it so I don't want everybody to just hear this and say oh well this is just for Roman Catholics no 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 this again as the article said at the beginning, this transcends all faiths. Um, but, you know, uh, Namita is of the Roman Catholic faith. So here again, she's putting it into her words, uh, words that she has grown up with, that she's been conditioned uh, in her faith to use. So we in order for us to relate to her, we kind of need to take it and change it, translate it, not change it, translate it into our faith, into uh, you know our language. We're not like Hildegard, where we can just, in our spare time or leisure, create our own language. So greenness is present in the vegetal life which, with good as well as bad qualities. The biblical book of Sirach explains how a weed or reed growing on a rock without deep roots can't have good branches. Such reeds from the banks of a lake or river are the first to be pulled out and used as wicks for lamps. Hence, they could symbolize the presence of the evil spirit posing as an angel of light. Prosperity, vigorous flourishing, or newness could indicate either good or bad Veriditus. This is also reminiscent of greenness referred to by Jesus in the parabolic wheat and weeds of the gospel of Matthew. Uh, that's Matthew 13, 24 through 30 she has here and how it should be dealt with. Now, this I have just a bit of a disagreement with, you know, in my ignorance and in, in lay terms. Um, if Hildegard, Saint Hildegard was non-dualistic, why are we using dualistic terminology in referring to Veriditus? You know, if she created or discovered Veriditus, which is living power of light, which is the divine essence of Chi uh, energy that's in all of us, uh, the energy of life, then who are we or how can we make this dualistic? How can it be good and bad? How can the divine be good and bad? Good question, huh? Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here with you folks because we're all family and we, this is a safe place and we can all share everything we want. I'm going to share with you my personal belief, philosophy, uh, theory, I guess you could say. Um, and this is something I discovered back in my Eastern studies of the Eastern uh, ways and sciences and that's with Buddhism, that's with Advaita, that's with Vedanta. Advaita and Vedanta are um, Indian methods and they're also been turned into faiths uh, that are non-dual and what I have been able to learn or discover probably more learn because there's many great masters before me and I'm not a master in any way shape or form remember I'm the poo below the poo. Um, One thing I have come to realize at least personally again hear me out on this and you put this through your filter and see what you think. Is that if whatever, if the divine is perfect, which I believe the divine is, divine is absolutely pure, 1000% pure and perfect, okay? So with that in mind, how can something pure and perfect create anything other than perfection? It would be scientifically Impossible for something pure to create something impure. Now think about that or meditate on that for a while and see if you feel like I do on that. Is that it's literally impossible for the divine to create something negative, impure. But then you say, well, what about this and what about that and what about sin and what about people killing each other? The divine didn't create that. We created that. We have to remember that we are the divine, right? OK, remember Penny Whitbrot's episode one of this season, season two. Um, the divine is in all of us. He showed her in her DNA that we all have this the divine in us, right? That makes us co-creators. I'm not saying co-gods. I would never use that terminology, but that makes us co-creators. Father Mike talks about this a lot in season one of his show. If you guys haven't checked that out yet, and I'm sorry if anybody's getting tired of hearing me talk about Father Mike, but it's amazing. It really is, and I can't recommend him enough. But it's impossible for something pure to create something impure. So how does it happen that we have diseases? How does it happen that we have all the issues we have in the world. It's because we've created it. Humans have created all this garbage. And just as equally humans can correct this. We all can create—excuse cor- uh, correct all of these things, end all of these things. Murder, we can end it. You know? Doing bad things to people. We can stop doing it. Talking about people behind their back and hurting them. We can stop. See, we have that free will. We have that control. We have that power. To create our own world, which is what the divine gave us. It gave us this world to do with as we wish to either make it a heaven on earth or make it a. Hell on Earth. Those dualities are us, not the divine. It's up to us. Okay, so I hope you guys understood it and I didn't go too far off the beaten path, but I just wanted to share that, that that's my personal view and perspective of good and evil, dualistic terms, um, and that the divine in my heart It's impossible, literally and scientifically impossible, for something which is pure and holy to create anything negative. We have to remember, we're co-creators. Remember that. It's completely up to us what we do or don't do. Okay, so that's my public service announcement for the week, folks. Um, yeah, on the next time you go to the store and you buy a box of cereal, check the back of the box because I'll have that listed on there for you to read. Okay, so she continues with this same Arididus-Varididus dualism thing, uh, At the moral level, grave sin causes aridatus or separation from God, which, you know, again, I completely disagree with. I don't believe you can ever be separated from God. How can you be separated from that which you are? However, the moisture of tears of repentance and conversion transforms aridatus into veridatus and in that way helps the reformed sinner. Here we go with that word, and I'll talk about that in future shows to, well, better yet, check out the show I did with Father Mike. We talk about that a lot. To lead a virtuous life, Jesus Christ reconciles the person with his Abba, Father, and the Spirit regenerates and encourages him or her to go all out to lead a holy life after the conversion. So, again, I'm just saying this because this is what Namita this is her background and I'm not disputing that at all and I'm not uh, debating that her beliefs are her beliefs she's a co-creator just like I'm a co-creator just like you're a co-creator too (laughs) wouldn't you like to be a co-creator we all are so this is her existence and her life and her vision and her world that she has co-created and I have no objections to that but personally I, I don't follow along with it. And I think I've explained that and I hope you all get it. She continues by saying, since viridis also implies holistic health, here we go, one may perhaps wonder whether it lessens with aging since the five senses of hearing, vision, smell, taste, and touch do tend to diminish. However, the weakening of the senses aids seniors to transcend physical stimuli and improves their capacity to focus on God in prayer. This makes them wiser and more mature in the spiritual life, inspiring them to move from action to deeper contemplation and union with God. Through mortification and penance, don't, don't, don't do mortification folks, I'll explain that here in a second. Uh, And penance, monks and nuns seek to anticipate what happens naturally in old age in order to grow in holiness. So what they do is we've, 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 uh, we've talked about this previously, as far as mortifications, um, uh, Saint, uh, Bernadette did mortifications. Um, St. Faustina did mortifications and that's where you're physically harming yourself or causing yourself pain and stress to, um, atone for your sin. Don't, Don't, you know, the whole disclaimer, don't attempt this at home, folks. I I seriously, please. The divine does not want you to hurt yourself. That's contrary to what the divine. Again, my personal beliefs, but I firmly believe that, that the divine does not want you to hurt yourself to get the point. Um, But anyway, she continues on by saying that. Uh, Nevertheless, as a Benedictine abbess, St. Hildegard advises discretio or moderation in asceticism. Completely agree to that, which is one more characteristic of her understanding of herititage. So, somebody explain what she just said. Okay, here's what she said, if you didn't get it. She's saying that um, we should look forward to getting old. Believe that or not, we should look forward to that. We should look forward to losing our hearing, our sight, our senses start to fade as we get older. Our our dear and beloved sister Doris uh, showed us that as she gradually passed from dementia um, just some weeks ago. And she showed us that as she diminished with her senses that she went more inward. She was actually kind of aging backwards inside she was becoming more childlike which again makes us closer to the divine i was blind in my left eye for five years i could see nothing but shadow in and, and you know everything was just complete blur so i was completely blind in my left eye um, but that enhanced some of my other aspects of my senses and that's is what she's pointing out here that's what what uh namita is pointing out is that as we get older these senses of ours that are constantly bombarded by sound and sight and distractions and all kinds of things start to fade and as that happens like doris we go inside we go more inside which what happens we become closer to the divine, the divine becomes closer to us to where we that, you know, that divine energy and that mustard seed of what we truly are starts to ripen from that beautiful living power of light of the divine. And I'll tell you this, I sound like an old evangelist preacher there, didn't I? I'll tell you, you don't have to wait until you're old and your senses fail to make this connection. You want to know how to do it, a really easy way to do it. I shouldn't say easy, but a way to to do this, to make this connection is meditation, okay? And not just any meditation. You know, of course, I want you to be comfortable. Find a place that's comfortable, maybe even where you're at now. Put on a pair of noise-canceling headphones. If you don't have that, put in earplugs. If you don't have that, try to make your environment as quiet as possible. Turn your phones off. Put on a blindfold. Or close your eyes. Okay, so now you've shut off two senses. Okay. So now you want to go into that meditative state. Remember we talked about in prayer. Do exactly what we did in the prayer show. If you're not familiar with that, go back and listen to it. It was an amazing show that can help you take your prayer to an extremely beyond the beyond level. I mean, I, I'm, I can't express that enough. Um So what you do is you then take your attention from your mind to your heart and begin focusing on the divine, envision the divine, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, um, whatever you, your mind perceives the divine to be or not. Um, Hecate, again, whoever you follow, whoever you practice, um, it could be the saints, Saint Hildegard, have an image of Saint Hildegard in your, in your, in your mind or Print a picture of her out or get a holy card and hold it in front of you. Um, Saint Padre Pio, you know, Saint Therese, it goes on and on. Any of them. Hold that image in front of you and connect. Connect with them. Connect with that divine through them. You know, if it's a saint, you can have them intercede for you. Help. Have them, allow them to help you connect to the divine, to become one with the divine and feel that. So you don't have to wait until your senses fail, until you're old and feeble, and maybe somebody might remind you to do these things before your mind completely goes. You can do it now. Don't wait. Do it now because what, anybody? Now is all we have and all we ever will have. Okay, finishing up the article here. At the mystical level, Namita says of interpretation, even if St. Hildegard begins with the mysticism of nature and its lush green, excuse me, greenness, she doesn't stop there. She engages herself further in the mysticism of sound, particularly through liturgical music that uplifts the soul in mystical union with God and deeper bonding within the community. Like discordant music, she discerns eriditus, which is the opposite of The other, whenever the relation between God, humanity, and cosmos is fragmented. In a nutshell, the lens of Eridus could be beneficial in discernment and was used by St. Hildegard and her monastic life and ministries. This amazingly gifted spiritual leader applied it anywhere. It looked helpful for her dear nuns to be more effective in pastoral care and bearing witness to Jesus Christ. Spiritus as greening life energy stood out as the essence of her consecrated living and interactions with people. It unified her wisdom in diverse fields. Nevertheless, my explanation for her deeply mystical theology is only a tip of the iceberg. It's outside the scope of this column to delve into discernment and vocation ministry today, so in a later column, which I hope she does write. I'll continue elaborating on the green finger of God in discernment by focusing on how it could serve the purpose for vocation directors at the communitarian or institutional levels in the United States or anywhere. So let me expand on, no, here I go again. No, honestly, this is good, folks. So let me expand on what she just said here a little bit more about music. And I completely agree with St. Hildegard that music can take you to different spiritual levels. Um, Father Mike in his season one show talks about this here and there as far as frequencies and how different frequencies can have different effects on your body and your mind and, and help you with your faith. The same applies with music, which is frequencies, which is sound, right? Okay, so how many of you have a favorite song or a song that when you hear it It magically transports you to such a fun and amazing time of your life that you can feel like you are right there. And then you can even smell the smells and taste the taste. And that's how magical music is. And to me, music is very divine. It's a divine vibration. Um, I play music. I write music in and and great way for me to connect with the divine is to play because when i play music my mind completely disconnects i'm not thinking about what i'm doing it just flows and it it does and it comes out and it is what it is and to me that's the divine just like this show there's times a lot of times when i just open up and allow the divine to flow in <laughs> What could be my jibber jabber could also be the divine. I'm not here to say one or the other. I'll leave you to discern and decide on that. Um, But I hope you understand where I'm coming from. And there is a perfect example of how to do this. Again, go back to episode one of this season, season two, the Penny Whitbrot episode. If you don't want to listen to the whole thing, go to the end of the show where I did uh, a song of the week, the cello suite. I played it because remember... Um, Penny's talked about uh, God resonated in a certain sound, um, a certain key, a musical key. And she shared that. And I shared it on that show and actually gave you uh, the Bach cello suite to listen to. And, you know, urged everyone to do some meditating, do some prayer while playing that music. It was it was a. a song by Yo-Yo Ma that Yo-Yo Ma had done with the Bach Cello Suite. Again, go back and check that out. Give that a try. I'll link that again in this uh, show, in the show notes. I'll have that video of that song so you can play it. And of course, you can go on Spotify and Apple, iTunes and all that to, to get it and listen to it as well. But try that. Put your headphones on. Listen to that music. Put some blinders on or a blindfold or close your eyes. And and listen to that music and connect with the divine, and it's just you'll feel it. You will, I guarantee, it will be such a moving and amazing experience. And that's exactly what Saint Hildegard was pointing out in this article. You know, regardless of what your thoughts and views are on the Roman Catholic faith, um, was incredible, and it was just amazing that Namita Renu uh, wrote this and and published it. And again, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And hopefully she'll write some more stuff and, you know, go and check out that uh, um, article. It's on globalsistersreport.org. And again, I'll have another link to it. And keep an eye on her if you if you like her. She's got writing out there. So check her out. OK, so this week's Prayer of the Week is a very brief prayer to St. Hildegard. And again, we have to remember, as far as the Roman Catholic faith goes, is when you pray to a saint, you're not praying to them to do this for you you're praying to them to intercede for you uh, because they have that direct connection to the vine the divine that we're working on Uh, so the prayer goes saint hildegard patroness of composers and writers and so many others pray for me pray for all of us help us to be radically receptive to god's love and radiate it to the world through our work and our witness. St. Hildegard, pray for us. And one more thing before I go. There is a lot of music composed by uh, St. Hildegard, as I noted here earlier uh, from the article. I will have a couple links to some YouTube videos of some of that amazing music that Saint Hildegard wrote that people are still performing today. It is literally mind blowing. It is so beautiful. And to listen to it, you get that feel for you can r- really make that connection with Saint Hildegard because this is something that she created from her divine, from our divine that she is and that we all are. This beautiful music was birthed came from Um, it's just wow I highly recommend it so be sure to check out the show notes folks because all of those links are there. So I will pause here for now. Thank you all so very much for listening. I so hope and pray that you have found what you have been searching for in this show and that it is even more than what you have been looking for and that it continues to be that for you. I am so very open, as I've always said and will say, for suggestions and recommendations for the show. We have people listening from all over the world, and each week I see on the statistics that there's more and more people from more and more different countries listening, and that is so amazing, and an infinite thanks and blessings to each of you. But I know that you all have amazing angels and saints in your country, in your culture, that we don't know about it could be past it could be present. that we don't know about but we should know about so please 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 contact me share this information with me or at least point me in a direction where i can go and find information so we can start sharing these amazing beings of your country and cultures with the rest of the world Next is prayers. I love to pray. Those of you who have been following the show know that more than anybody. I try my level best to be in a continuous state of prayer, and prayer is so very important to our listeners too, and they love to pray. So why not let us pray for you? In order to do that, you can either email me or you can fill out a form that's on the website. And I'll give that information here in just a moment, but please, 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 please reach out to us. Let us know your prayer intentions. It can be for you, a loved one, a friend, uh, for anything going on in the world right now. And there is so much going on, but we would love to pray with you and for you. So there's two ways to contact me. The first would be through email, and that is at faithandmorepodcast, all one word, Faith and More Podcast at gmail.com. The second is through our website, which I highly recommend the website because it's so easy to listen to the show through the website as well as get the show notes. And there's so much important information in the show notes that if you only listen on iTunes or Spotify or one of those other platforms, you're missing out on the show notes. And I don't want anyone to miss out on anything with the show. It's so very important that you get everything that's offered. And it's absolutely free. So the website is Faith and More Podcast. Again, all one word. Faith and More Podcast W I X S I T E dot com slash my dash site. Again, that's Faith and More slash my dash site. If you like the show, I hope you continue to return. And if you really like the show, I so hope that you share the show with a friend, family, anyone that you think that can uh, benefit from the show. And also, please subscribe and follow. And there's this new thing called rating, which can be done on Spotify and Apple Podcasts where you can actually rate the show. If you rate the show... It actually moves the show up into categories where people can access it more. So it's another great way to get the show out to as many people as possible. Because at this moment, we don't have sponsors. We don't have ads or anything like that that can help circulate the show. So right now, it's all based on us. And that's word of mouth and sharing with others. So please, 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 if you like the show, really like the show, please share it with as many people as possible. So infinite thanks and blessings to each of you once again for listening. I so hope and pray I see you again next week. Please know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. And don't forget, love yourself and love each other. Have a blessed week.